What is good, Defenders faithful, and welcome to the final episode of the god-awful year that has been 2020, and thank you all for all the support, all the love, all the listens. Oh man, 2020 cannot get in the books fast enough. Welcome to episode 135 of the most LAFC podcast on earth, Defenders of the Bank. You know my voice. I am the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, the scarf. And I am so glad to be sitting here in world famous Villa Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California, next to the man, the myth, the legend, the beast from the East Coast himself. Christian, Philly, Philemon. Yeah, you thought you heard the end of us, didn't you, Defenders? <laughs> you thought that we would pack up our bags of scarves and our shoes and hit the high road. I you ready. think we would jump on the 405 and disappear from y'all's world. But no, we're here at the tail end of 2020. Dear God. About to give you the most 2020 episode of Defenders of the Bank. Normally, we are very informative and we educate you and we entertain you. This time around, we're mainly going to be here to entertain you and somewhat educate (laughs) and inform you. Normally, we have a structure. Normally, we have a plan. Normally, we've thought out the things that we were going to say prior to turning on these Audio-Technica microphones, but that's not going to be the case today, Defenders, because in the end of 2020, a year that has caused calamity in a great deal of our lives, we are going to give you one calamity of an episode to kick the end of this year to the ground, bury it. Never to be seen or heard of from again, but we're going to have some fun with it. 135, end of 2020. Let's go. Look, I'm normally not the one that's comfortable. By the way, I'm looking over at our levels right now and our numbers, and literally everything is maxing out that Philly and I are doing right now. no. So we would like to apologize to absolutely nobody (laughs) about this episode. We are having a good time. Oh, my God. Those levels are crazy. That's okay. They'll just have to lower the volume of their cars. (laughs) We are having a good time. It's not even New Year's Eve. Because we're having a good time. Having a good time. It's New Year's Eve Eve here on Defenders of the Bank, episode 135. We're an hour and four minutes away from New Year's Eve. We are an hour and four minutes away from being an hour and four minutes away from caring about anything that isn't (laughs) black and gold and the LAFC faithful. We thought, you know what? Let's just have a little bit of fun for the last episode of 2020 here on Defenders of the Bank, episode 135. We do have three news and notes to talk to you about because not one, not two, but three former black and gold members are on their way somewhere else. I, I just, Philly, it's it's going to be hard seeing one of our favorite players in black and gold history in person. And in heart. But here's the deal. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, you're not wrong there, my friend, but I said favorite. <laughs> Not, oh, not oh, other. I, I, I guess I, I jumped the gun. I thought you said favorite LAFC player to harass and make fun of. Oh, that's yeah, that's Andy Nahar. 
Um, now we I are... feel like we're like recording an episode of Are We Aliens? Now, are, are we? Oh, I remember <laughs> Shout those guys. Shout out to those guys. I miss those guys. Where did they go? They were very unfiltered. And it was oh. fun. They said the things that we were too family friendly to say. I mean, most of the time. So we're, we're going to talk about three LAFC players of the days of yore. Which, for all of you Friends watchers out there, I still can't stand that episode. I can't really stand Friends. But the one about the days of yore made me laugh a little bit, because that's where the antique table came from, from, was it like Urban Outfitters or, I don't know, Pottery Barn or whatever it was? I don't Why even you know. Speak so low? Speak loud. I'm, I'm going off the rails. That's my fault. So after a little bit of news and notes, we are not going to do any this day in LAFC history, although we do have a couple things that we could cover. But you Something know what? happened today, though, Scarf. We're... What happened today, Philip? It was the birthday for the star man playing, playing on the right. His name is Lottie Blessing, and he's exploit of dynamite. Happy birthday to the game changer. Okay, all right. So we are going to do a little bit of this day in LSE history, but it's the only one that we are going to do. The happiest of birthdays for now an hour and two minutes more on Wednesday, December 30th in the year of our Lord 2020. Happy birthday to Latif Blessing and Philly. I'm going to give you my favorite Latif Blessing moment, and then you can give me yours real quick. My favorite Latif Blessing moment came on your birthday celebration of all days, in fact. So for those of you that don't know, they put up happy birthday, I believe it was the scarf, on your birthday, (laughs) on the Jumbotron, on LAFC's Bank of California Stadium Jumbotron. By the way, shout shout out to our buddy Al Rate. We love you so much. But they put up Happy Birthday Scarf and Happy Birthday JR, neither of which was Christian Philly Philemon, whose actual birthday it was. But we got to go down and sit pitch side for the first half of that match. I believe it was against Orlando City SC. It was. It was. And, And we realized we like our seats up top a little better but we had a good time in the first half and after the match we went back down because you know we still had access to the seats and everything and my favorite Latif blessing moment out of every Latif blessing moment was when he saddled up next side to uh lafc nina for all of you out there and she was taller than Latif Blessing. That was my single favorite moment. She put her arm around him over the top of the shoulder like you would when you're the taller person. And they took a picture together and Nina is bending down just a little to make sure she is not taller than Latif Blessing. I have to say, Philly, the energy that this man exudes is incomparable to any athlete I have ever seen. Happy birthday to the game changer, the star man playing on the right, the Ghanaian superstar that is Latif Blessing. Abso-frippin'-flippin'-frookin'-ly, yes. Yes, absolutely. What just happened there? I I'm just I was just trying to create a bunch of different words. <laughs> Your out tongue of forgot how to work. No, 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 no. I was doing this on purpose. I was trying to create things and just kind of go with the flow of things. Because normally I write out my lines because I am that kind of guy. <laughs> he but will literally anything read like anything you put on the teleprompter for those of you guys <laughs> playing the game out there. I'm Philly. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't know what to talk about. Now. Uh, okay, okay. Your favorite Latif okay. I mean, as far as my favorite Latif blessing moment goes, it's. I mean, you kind of stole my favorite Latif Blessing moment because it was on the day of my birthday. But I will say there was a an event that was taking place at Free Play. Remember those days when we used to get to go to Free Play and have some Julius Peppers and have some food and, and play that Ninja Turtle game that I so desperately want to buy the arcade machine for, but my wife Panda won't let me. There was an event hosted by our friends, the Cuervos, where they were giving him a check 
for his foundation, and that was pretty cool. We got to hang out with Latif for a little while. We got to we got to high five and take photos with him. It was a really really cool moment. I would say that is definitely my favorite Latif blessing moment. Even though you stole the one that was my favorite moment on the day of my birthday, but that's my favorite Latif blessing moment. Anyway, happy birthday, Starman! You rock. Have a blessed day. Yeah, I did that on purpose. A blessed day, Latif. You rule. All right, so we were going to get into a little bit of news and notes, but I I want Philly to address one news and note that has not yet happened yet. That's the report that LAFC may sign a South Korean player. And and I got to say, as soon as I saw this come across the wire, Philly, I was like, well, first of all, you've been reporting on a lot of the rumors that we've heard about a lot of our players recently. But the second thing I thought of was, oh, my God, the Tigers are going to go absolutely nuts about this. This is really, really cool if we actually do sign this player. Philly, tell us about the South Korean that is apparently in LAFC's sights. Yes, normally we don't report on rumors because rumors are rumors. We're not here to, like, break news or anything of that nature. However, it was reported on MLS Soccer. There's that funny website again, Major League Soccer. From the Department of Redundancy Department. Exactly. But they reported it, and our good friend Alicia Rodriguez at Angels on Parade reported as well. Kim Moon Huan is set to join LAFC pending a medical within the next week or two. Now, this young man, 25 years old, has played the majority of his career in South Korea for Busan Eye Park in the K-League. Time out. If any of you have not watched the zombie movie Train to Busan, please go watch that right now. When I saw that he played for Busan, I was like, oh my goodness, that's the one where the zombies came from. Are we signing a zombie? I didn't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that could be a isn't there, Wait, Philly. There's a UFC fighter called say, the Korean isn't there Zombie. A, there's a UFC fighter called the Korean Zombie, right? Yeah, we would be impeding on intellectual property if we started bestowing that nickname upon our potential signing. We are definitely not going to do that. But the kid is versatile. 25 years old. He's played the majority of his career for Busan. He, the interesting thing is this is a team that played in the second and the first division of the K-League, relegated. And I'm sure you're probably thinking, oh, God, a relegated player in a professional league. Like, how is this any good? He's not even the top player on the top team in the country's league. Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. But he made the top 11 in both the K-2 league and both the K-1 league. And if you see the video that's been circulating on Twitter and on the other social media, the kid's got some game. He's pretty darn versatile, and he also has played 11 caps for the Korean National team. The kid can play. He's obviously going to attract a lot of interest in this Los Angeles market. So up until now, we had, what, 15 nations represented on our roster with his addition that would open the doors to 16. Totally indicative of the melting pot that is our beautiful city of Los Angeles. It's not officially official yet. Again, we don't report on rumors, but since Major League Soccer, soccer Soccer.com said (laughs) it, we figured why the heck not mention it. A kid can play right back. I mean, that's his natural position. But at times, he's played in the midfield. So we we have a couple of players that have done that. Actually, no, he would really be the, the, the couple. I mean, Latif has been known to do that. But Eddie Segura's played in the midfield. Either way, we need some help in the back line. And this kid, from the video that we've seen, is fantastic. Look, I, I can't imagine... All of us, definitely some, yes, but not all of us are familiar with the K-Leagues. The kid's got game. He's a Korean international. He can play defense, and he can shoot from outside of the box. We need that. So once this becomes officially official, we'll officially talk about it on the podcast. But as far as we are concerned right now, it's still a rumor. And when we do sign him, if we do sign him, Philly, you and I are going to have to go a couple of rounds on who in the world plays on that back line with the four 
I'm pretty sure you and I will agree that no matter what happens, it probably should be Jesus, David, Maria, and Eddie Segura in the middle. But oh my goodness, Philly, do we have some? uh, No, I I get it. Cheeky, Tristan. I I mean, this probably spells the end of Muhammad Omanir, but we'll talk about that on another episode. Definitely the end of Andy Nahar. The who? The (laughs) other thing that I want to mention is that Philly, not one, not two, but three different former LAFC players have been on the move over the last couple of weeks. We talked about the pride of Loyola Marymount University. And the Ontario Fury. That's right. DC United's own Adrian Perez. That just sounded gross saying out loud. I wanted to get that one out of the way first because that is one that we talked about just a little bit before, but (laughs) I'm just going to miss my LMU lion of Adrian Perez and Philly. We're going to take a a quick five-second moment of silence for the game. Name that Perez. And that's it for Name That Perez. All right. Look, it was we, a premature five seconds. We used to have three and a half Perez's on the team Josh Perez, Adrian Perez, Javi Perez, and Alejandro Guido Perez. But unfortunately, none of the three and a half Perez's that we had over the first two seasons, let alone this third season where we only really had one Perez for part of the season. And I mean, the ghost was still on the team, and oh man, Philly, I am going to miss our game. Name that Perez. But the other two players we want to talk about, Philly, let's talk first about the player that's staying in Major League Soccer, but luckily, not in our conference, so we won't have to see him until maybe MLS Cup Final next year, and that would be the new signing for the Columbus Crew, Bradley Wright Phillips. Unbelievable. He is going to the club that just won the trophy that is the biggest deal of this league. He is going to add a great deal of depth to that team. And for all we know, he might have the opportunity to hoist that trophy himself. Because Lord knows he didn't get to do it at LAFC. The thing that guts me the most, Scarf, is the fact that he wasn't really privy to the beauty, to the joy that is Bank of California Stadium. He never got to play in front of the 3252. Sure, he got to see the fandom and he got to feel the love, but he wasn't on the squad. He wasn't in the 18 for the game against Inter-Miami. He wasn't part of the 18 for the game against the Union. True. Was he and there now, by the way, own? He wasn't healthy to do those things. Remember, he was recovering yeah. from off-season, I believe it was, what, sports hernia surgery or something like that? Possibly. So it's it's not a knock on BWP. No, not at all. But, but, he- but you and I, look, we, we will tell everybody that wants to listen, the major selling point for why you become a supporter of LAFC, we will tell you, come to one match. One match. And if after one match, you're not like, oh, MG... This is my club for life. It's because you don't understand the power that is the Cathedral of the Black and Gold Bank of California Stadium, the fully-throated choir that is the 3252, the angels surrounding the pitch in the South End, the East End, the West End, Founders Club, Figueroa Club, Field Club, everybody that watches these matches in Bank of California Stadium. I would hope that any player that plays in the Cathedral of Black and Gold understands the power that is the fandom of LAFC, the supporters of the club, and and BWP never got to experience that. No, but he might get to play in a brand new stadium next season. The big question is how many 
fans and supporters will he get to play in front of? 13. Yeah, yeah, possibly. It's the Midwest. (laughs) It could be 23. It could be 103. It's the Midwest. It could be 13,000 for all we know. But it sucks that he goes. He he definitely made a huge impact on our club in a short amount of time. Three game-winning goals throughout the course of the year. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips definitely did some damage. When we were totally, totally running on, on life support. Fumes. He, he was there to do Bradley Wright Phillips things. And he got awarded with the Comeback Player of the Year. And we reward him with a trip to Columbus. I understand why it happened. I wish we could have actually gotten to see him play in person. And we did, Scarf. We were fortunate enough. You and I did, yes, because we were lucky enough. But but not everybody was because they're not members of the media. Regardless, Bradley Wright Phillips, Columbus Crew. Wait, are we members of the media? What? Are we members of the media? We were then, yeah. Gross. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. No, I I don't think it's gross. No, we love Seth and Aubrey. I'm just saying, like, Kevin... Baxter's a yeah, member Kevin of the media. Ba- yeah, that's gross. I don't even care if he hears it. No, <laughs> no we we love Kevin, but we also Do need we? to be we well, we need to be able to pick on Kevin to I love mean, He's Kevin. a Manchester City fan. I get to pick on him for that. Everyone calls you Way a Way to man- go chase that oil money, Kevin. Everyone calls you a mank on Instagram, which is kind of funny to me. Really? I haven't seen anybody call me a mank once. Have you checked our messages ever? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our last player that we want to talk about real quick, Philly. I'm excited and yet not at the same time. Here's the deal. 2020, I mean, like the suck cut in Wayne's World, it certainly (laughs) did suck, right? But what I'm hoping is... That was a movie starring Mike Myers and Dana Carvey for all you youngins out there. (laughs) They were members of Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. And what, Helena, is it Helena Bonham Carter? Is that, what was her name? What was Stacey's name? She was in Men in Black, too, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, not Helena Bonham Carter. Um, Who is that? Who is Helena Bonham Carter? Why did I just I mean, think of she, Helena Bonham she Carter? She was in, in, in Harry Potter and, and Sweeney Todd and pretty much every Tim Burton movie. Yeah. No, it wasn't Helena Bonham Carter. It was, it was, dang it, hang on, hang on, hang on. Come on, internet. Don't fail me now. We're having a race right now. My put... internet connection is... Laura Flynn Boyle. Boyle. Uh, All right. So was sorry. It, was she she Adam? was the wrong three-named actress that I had Helena Bonham. It was Laura Flynn Boyle played Stacy. And by the way, she was also the, the main bad guy in Men in Black. Was it Men in Black 2? Or uh, Men in Black yeah, man, she had the jet black hair. Right? She had Johnny Knoxville as All her right. sidekick. Yeah. Oh, man. John, oh, man. Remember, oh, rest, Yo, dude, rest, we should do a rest, pot about movie Rest reviews. in peace, Ryan Dunn, by the way. Oh. Anyways, no, yeah, so let's talk about this this last guy. I don't know how eager I am going to be to travel to this country in 2021, but maybe 2022 if he's still playing there. I am very excited, Philly, that you and I might have to make a trip out to Vietnam to Ho Chi Minh for a Ho Chi Minh City FC, I think is the full name of their club. Lee Win, he played in Vietnam before, and he's always kind of talked about going back to finish out his career in Vietnam. For those of you that don't know, Lee Win, very clearly Vietnamese, and a really cool t-shirt, by the way, that the team designed, where it says Los Angeles Football Club on the front in Vietnamese. And he, he goes to Ho Chi Minh City. The only thing that bums me out is, whether it was Inter Miami or New England, I was stoked that we got to be able to watch Lee Wynn, no matter what, play in Major League Soccer because uh, there were very few players that became a fan favorite quicker than Lee Wynn. 
But I, I think you and I can agree, Philly. We wish him all the best in Ho Chi Minh City. And look, please play for two years so that I can feel safe going to Vietnam next year. Dude, I've threatened on multiple occasions to flee this country and head over to, to at, and to head over to the city of Da Nang. If he's there for two seasons, there's no doubt we're going to catch Lee Wynn play. And you know, now that I think about Lee Wynn, now that I think about Adrian Perez, it's kind of a big deal that you and I never really went full throttle on board with this Indiana versus Loyola Marymount thing. Because I can't tell you, and I can't even foresee how in the hell the cosmic powers of the universe would ever collide together and allow a lion and a Hoosier to be on LAFC together. We failed, Scarf. We didn't make a big deal out of something that was very close to both of our hearts. And now those boys are gone, and it didn't hit me until just now that that is the story. So it hit me a long time ago. But we never talked about it. No, but here's why we never talked about it, Philly. Let's talk about Lee Wynn's career in Major League Soccer for a minute. One of the very few players that has amassed 50 goals scored and 50 assists over the course of his MLS career. Clearly, if they had Angelette Stadium, the house that Tom Brady built, if they had a ring of honor... Also the house that Tom Brady fled. If he did. Well, he, he was kind of unwanted, I think, in the house. He was like a, an unwanted guest. Now he's rebuilding Raymond James. That's right. Just a brokerage firm. If they had a ring of honor, and they might, I just don't know about it, for the New England Revolution, it's pretty clear to me, Philly, that Lee Wynn might be the first player put in that ring of honor for the New England Revolution. The reason why I didn't bring up the comparison between your Indiana who, who, Hoosier. I'm glad you said it that way rather than who, who, who. Who cares? Lee Wynn, Lee Wynn, legit MLS, maybe not top 25, clearly, but maybe next 25. So you're part of the 50 best players to ever play in the league that you play in. Then Adrian Perez, who scored once for LAFC and who played some minutes as a sub. Look, I'm not going to play David and Goliath. I know Indiana has all these soccer national championships they like to talk about. Eight of them, to be precise. Thank you so much. And LMU, we don't, we don't have, we don't have one. You and did win a division title in 2020, in we, 2010, with a player that actually featured for Tigres. We won the WCC, which is, you know, the WCC is is not not great. So the reason why I didn't want to do the comparison is because to me, unfortunately, and I love my boy Adrian, and I know you do too because he's a former member of the Ontario what? Ontario Fury. Yeah, so uh, we love Adrian Perez. We were there on Adrian Perez night down in Ontario last year. However, unfortunately, there's no comparison. So that's the end of our news and notes. The, the We have two more things that we want to bring you guys on this episode, episode 135. And the first of those two things is our top five moments of this year, 2020, as it relates to LAFC. And and the last thing that we are going to do, and, and we're already 23 minutes into what we said would be a short episode. So <laughs> we apologize for wasting these 23 minutes. Goodness gracious! But we're you know what? Look, yeah, I'm not it's, sorry. It's the end of the year. We're having fun. Look, I just love being in the same room and recording with you, my friend, for sure. I don't even know what you just did right now with that can. I crushed it and I threw it over my shoulder. You did, but it on was your, empty and it bothered me. It was it was on your own floor. Anyway, I will clean it tomorrow. So top five moments from Philly 
top five moments from the scarf. And then we're going to leave you with a little segment we're ending the year 2020 on called A Moment with Philly and A Moment with the Scarf. Oh, God. I'm not even aware of this. It's just going to be our thoughts. Anything that we think about, I've kind of thought about this for a little bit, like what I want to say to you all, the Defenders listeners, the people that have made it worth it for us to keep sitting in the same room or sometimes on Zoom and speaking (laughs) into a microphone about the boys in black and gold and all of the thoughts in between our our, our little ears and the, the, the finite brains that is Defenders of the Bank. We want you guys to know how much we appreciate you. But you know what we also realize? We're going to let you inside our heads for 2020. We're going to talk about some thoughts that we have about this last year. We have so much in store for 2021. But what this episode is, episode 135, the final episode of 2020, is we are going to put a clamp on the umbilical cord that was sucking the life out of 2020 that this was. And we are going to cut it off discard it and never talk about it again this is our final episode of 2020 so we wanted to leave you with a moment with philly and a moment with the scarf as our little parting gift to you you can go inside of our heads for just a little bit oh god and everything that we thought about 2020 so that being said philly you said don't write things down let's do this off the cuff yes so totally off the cuff this is completely off the cuff Please give us your top five moments of 2020 for LAFC. They don't come in any particular order. Um, they really don't. But this moment, I guess this is the first moment that I recall within the season. Panda and I rerouted our vacation in Italy. This is very true, by the way. This is a trip to Italy before it was like COVID inflicted, or actually maybe while it was COVID inflicted. No, it was COVID inflicted. That you rerouted just because you love the black and gold that much. It, it It's true that there's absolutely no lie behind that, no exaggeration. I normally for Christmas, I buy my wife, the panda, a trip somewhere. I don't believe in buying things. I don't believe in buying Jewelry. I don't believe in buying purses. I Says don't the man in... with a closet full of jerseys. Yeah, fine, but that's my own personal selfish thing. But here's the deal: when I and this is my own opinion, and you want to get in my thought process, you want to get in my head. This is my thought: when it comes to being with your significant other, you could always buy them things. You could always buy them jewelry, you know, designer, whatever the heck, a this, a that. But nothing is more precious and more valuable than an experience. That experience can be a ticket to a sporting event, a ticket to a concert. In our case, every single Christmas, with this year being the exception, Amanda for Christmas always got a trip somewhere. She always got an itinerary. So it never came in a big box. It usually came with a travel guide to somewhere or a stuffed animal from somewhere we were going. For example, it was a kangaroo. Boom, we're going to Australia. Uh, we, Wait, you bought your wife a kangaroo? Not a real one. Schmitty would not be happy with a marsupial in the house scarf. For the record, today's word of the episode, <laughs> marsupial. <laughs> No, but yeah, normally we, we, we... I love that you were on board with that because we were just watching Pee Wee Herman on <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> He's a thief. He stole my bike. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, normally oh, I buy. I by buy the way, did you just see we let you inside of our brains for two seconds and it was Pee Wee Herman impressions done poorly? You're you welcome. You want to get my brain? It's, <laughs> it's usually just like a like a cacophony of like '80s hair metal. Oh, hold on, cacophony. Look oh, there's another big one. Jeez, Philly is breaking out the vocabulary book tonight. I like it. Yeah, just like Mike Tyson. I read, I spent time reading the thesaurus. The thesaurus. <laughs> Don't make fun of me, Scarf. I'm gonna eat your children. <laughs> But anyway, God, I'm digressing so much. But no, we buy not in a trip, front of the so- children, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Family friendly podcast, not suitable for work. Although we haven't said anything has been off color. You said digressing. These are three. If you stole my words, <laughs> anyways. So we were in Italy, <laughs> off the rails, <laughs> off, off totally off the, the rails. rails. Look, I, we were told you we were going to give you a 2020 episode. We're no structure. Episode 136 is going to have structure. If you wanted structure on 135, this is not the show for you. But anyway, <laughs> but tune into our next episode, which will certainly have structure. <laughs> Can I finish my thoughts, please? Happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> and that's the end of episode 135. <laughs> you wanted to get in our brains? This is it. It's two ADD riddled idiots in their late 30s. I resemble that remark. (laughs) I represent that remark. Oh my god, our levels are so ridiculous. (laughs) Who cares? Please turn down the volume in your car. In the mix. So I don't even know what I'm saying. Or we won't. (laughs) Italy. We were in Italy. So I when I bought these tickets, it was sometime in October, November of last year. Well before we knew who our Champions League opponent was, well before we knew anything about when the regular season would be. And of course, we drew Leon, and it was during the time of our trip to Italy, and I really wanted to change things around, and Amanda was like, eh eh, we're going to Italy. Sorry, buddy. This is my birthday present slash Christmas present, because her birthday's in February. That's normally when we travel. So I, I, I couldn't get my way there. But we spent time in Italy. However, I did manage to get my way to a certain extent, and that certain extent was to use my airline miles to reroute our trip so we would get back in time for the home opener against Inter-Miami. I was gutted that I missed the Leon game. I missed, what, two games of Bankers California Stadium in the three seasons that we've had access true. to those this games. Is true. Minnesota, where we lost at home a season ago. That's where the hashtag blame Philly was born. That's that's exactly. And ironically enough, the guy who scored the only two goals of the game was Mason Toy, who happened to be an Indiana Hoosier. But anyway, I digest. And yes, I did that on purpose. I am digesting as we are speaking. I rerouted it to make sure that we would get home in time for that Inter-Miami game. Why? Because it was Inter-Miami. Why? Because there was an opportunity to meet Beckham. Why? Because Scarf as a teacher taught Beckham's kids. So I, I did. Thought, I taught if, Brooklyn. If there was any opportunity I would ever get to meet David Beckham, that was it. And yeah, we rerouted the flights. And we we got to LAX, I don't know, midnight the day before the game. And then five hours later, we woke up to get ready to bring the tent to pitch it, giggity, at Christmas Tree Lane <laughs> and to have our time there and, and and basically go back to something that we loved and something that we've obviously really missed. And, and we brought you guys coffee and bagels. We, we there was, Yes, you did, which was really, really cool. My favorite moment, yeah, we won based on one goal scored by Carlos Vela in the 44th minute. And if you haven't played the LAFC quiz, that is an insight to one of the answers for the 24 questions. But... My favorite moment. Wait, there's an LAFC quiz? 
dude, I tagged you on Twitter and you yell at me for not checking the Twitter messages. Wait there a There was a quiz. I got a 96 on it and I called you out on it on the Twitter sphere. Never saw this. Oh we're, my we're li- God. You guys are literally hearing me learn about this for the first time right now. You know, we wanted a 30 minute episode. We've been blabbing for 31. This is going to be a long night. Actually, there's going to be no editing on this. I don't even care. I but, love it. But but to finish my thought that's been ranting for 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We were walking in Founders Club, oh. and we saw we saw David, and 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 Scott. Look, Scar, I'm not even joking. Jr. knows David Beckham because he would hang out with David Beckham at parent-teacher conferences with Victoria because he taught Brooklyn. And so it was me, it was Panda, it was Jr., it was Nina. If you don't know who Jr. is, that is the scarf. Hi. It was, it was the twins. And we see this tall, well-dressed man. I'm thinking to myself, he's in Founders Club. This guy's a bit too underdressed to be hanging out around here. But anyway, JR and David recognized each other immediately. They embraced. We all froze. I didn't get a chance to get introduced. It happened so quickly, but it was such a beautiful thing. JR hugged David Beckham. And for one of many times, I will say, I really wished that I was the scarf. (laughs) So that's my moment number one. And rather than go through all four, we're just going to do this rapid fire. This hasn't really been rapid fire, but I'm going to push it over to you. Your favorite moment. And we'll do one, 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 and then we'll be done. Sounds good. All right. So I actually thought about this quite a bit because I- I'm the one that breached this this concept to you. And I do want to mention... I've thought about it. No. I, I do want to mention a couple of honorable mention moments that unfortunately, Ooh. Philly, won't make my top five. Okay. And the first honorable mention moment, and I'm I'm totally serious about this one being an honorable honorable mention moment, is August 30th of this year when Christian Torres made his debut for LAFC. It doesn't make my top five, but the fact that we had an academy kid at 16 years old debut for LAFC this year in August was something that I definitely did not see coming at the start of the year. I I don't know if you did, Philly, but I, I will say... It wasn't until then that we really, and, and like for real, started following all the exploits that Todd Saldana and the LAFC Academy have been able to do over these last few years. How cool was it that he was able to make his debut? Two other honorable mention moments. Uh, number, number, I guess, six or seven or whatever was July 8th when Tony Leone, Eric Duenas, and Christian Torres signed their first team contracts. And I wanted to mention those two things at the same time because this was a year that LAFC and the LAFC Academy really began to show all of the fruits of the labor that began several years ago. And I just think it's such an incredible thing this year. One of the true silver linings of our season was that we had the LAFC Academy produce three, three top flight players. And my last honorable mention moment that I do want to say is, and I know, Philly, this probably isn't going to make your list, but I wanted to mention this as an honorable mention moment. July 24th, a day that you and I will never forget, the black and gold debut of Andy Nahar. (laughs) Wait, those, that actually happened? Those are yeah, he played. You mean those, that, there wasn't a typo? Those are three really honorable mention moments. But he got hurt right that after I have. that. That I, definitely So happened. so here comes my top five. But like Hold on, any, I thought we were going one, one, and one. You got are, honorable I, mentions and a whole bunch of what are you? But doing you gave stealing? you gave your number five, so I'm gonna give my number five. Okay, but you got I, honorable mentions. That's gonna give you like three more, eight more versus my five. My top five only includes six total numbers. So hold on. All right. 
My number five, Philly, my number five was our match on January 25th. January. I don't even remember January of 2020. It might as well not even happen. But what I do remember, Philly, is that we played Penyarol. And I got so ah. excited to find the... Uh, to, to be able to see anyway, we're not editing this, so I don't know well, why. I just, no editing. I, I, I did one that. of those like shrugs, like, oh, we're going to edit this. Don't worry, I can mess up. But we can't because we're not editing this one. To be able to hang out on Christmas Tree Lane. Oh, wait. Christmas Tree Lane got moved out in front of like the California Science Center, like down the block or whatever. God, that was a hell of a move. But I do remember just hanging out with all the Penarol fans and how cool it was to hang out with all of them and they hung out with all of us. And and it was it really was the true meaning of a friendly. And and I don't imagine there's many of you listening that don't know that both Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez, and, and Diego Rossi's the one that won the golden boot, Brian Rodriguez is the one that didn't score very much. Those are the two guys that came from Penarol and and apparently we've we've got another rumor, right? Facundo Torres could possibly maybe one day sign with LAFC. He's a Manchester or, United right now. Right, or, or like 13 other clubs that they were talking about in MLS. But either way, it was so cool at the start of our year, Philly. But not only that, that's what kicked off the Scarf's 100 clubs in 2020 <laughs> journey. And COVID said, bleep you, Scarf. You're not even going to make it to 25 clubs. I made it to 20 clubs that I saw in 2020 before COVID said. That's and still pretty darn your, good. Look, it, two of them, though, were the high school clubs that you and I saw. We saw, who was the team that Loyola played? I didn't remember. It was like Fontana High or something like that. Whoever no, they played. Oh, Cathedral Prep. Oh, Cathedral. The Phantoms. That's absolutely right. They're purple uniforms. and they. Wow, beat, I can't believe I remembered that. That's impressive. I don't remember what I did they, yesterday. They beat my Loyola High School Cubs in the CIF final and and honestly, those were two of the clubs, but I would have been totally happy. I mean, that's my alma mater. Come on. But 20, 20 clubs is what we made it to, or what I made it to anyway, in 2020. So that is my number five, LAFC versus Penurol, but not the match, but mainly the the atmosphere and hanging out on Christmas Tree Lane, which wasn't Christmas Tree Lane, with everybody from Penurol. All right. So, okay. I'll- July the 13th. 2020 was my next favorite moment. All right. And the reason being is because that was our first game back in this crazy pandemic. And I remember it very, very vividly for two reasons. One, because we waited. What? You were sober. No, you're absolutely right. I was. And I'll explain why in just a second. It was four months from that game where we tied the Philadelphia Union. Four months and maybe a couple of days. So we got to play the Houston Dynamo in the COVID Cup. Yes, we did. It was a 3-3 to draw. And it wasn't so much that game, per se. We showed a lot of grit. We went down. And at one point, we thought, God, this isn't the greatest way to come back. But what made me happy, and the reason why this particular game made the list, is because of the fact that we didn't know if we would have a Major League Soccer season. We've spent a great deal of time recapping episodes complaining about a lot of things, complaining about the way LAFC played, praising the way they played in CONCACAF Champions League. But to be completely honest, after that game against the Union, we went four months without watching or having any sports for that matter, and we were fortunate enough to get Major League Soccer back. And the reason why I remember being sober, Scarf, is because I was laid up in the hospital with an appendix rupture watching that game by myself. Can you do an impression of you saying, let's go from 
from that hospital bed, if you don't mind. Let's go. Yeah, that's about right. Sound like a dying Yoda. But that was my number four. All right, so number four for me was the most electric that Bank of California Stadium was all season. I'm surprised this is so low as to be number four. But it was all the way back in February, February 27th, when coronavirus was just a glint in a little eye in Los Angeles. February 27th, our second leg against Club Leon. The most electric the Bank of California Stadium was in 2020. If you remember, all the way back to February, we were down 2 nothing on aggregate after being beaten pretty handily by Club Leon in Estadio Leon. And I have to be honest, Philly, I was hoping maybe we come away with a one nothing victory. They park the bus and all right, we, we made a good showing in our first Champions League run. Well, turns out Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi had no such premonitions of being knocked out early. What an incredible match. They put so many demons to bed for not being able to win a big match, although at least that was for the time being. Carlos Vela, at the height of his powers before an injury, a brace, and then just two minutes after Carlos Vela ties it up on aggregate. It's Diego Rossi with the goal. And Philly, Bank of California Stadium went absolutely nuts. If they had a roof on Bank of California Stadium that night, they would have had to have replaced it. That was such an incredible atmosphere in 2020 to start our year. Remember, that was before we had even played a single MLS regular season match. What an incredible atmosphere for our match against Club Leon at Bank of California Stadium, February 27th. 2020, my number four moment of the year. God, I remember waking up that morning. For you, it was an evening. I woke up that morning. Panda and I were set to jump a train ahead up north to Florence from Rome. You guys sent me video of that night. (laughs) And at that point, I was just biting my fist thinking, God, I missed one of the most epic games. You mentioned Julius Peppers. Can I tell you, after that match, Philly? There were a few Julius Peppers to be had at free play. I will say, the night before, Panda and I went out throughout the streets of Rome. We were watching Roma play a match. God, we drank a lot of limoncello that night. Let's just say Panda (laughs) vomited all over the streets of Rome that night. I somehow, yeah, yeah, she's sleeping. She won't know. And let's see if she even listens to the podcast. It's a funny thing. Our significant others, as much time as we spend with them, I doubt that they listen to our podcast. That's for their own sanity. Podcast fans of ours. That is for their own sanity, Philly. But anyway, I somehow had the wherewithal to to make it back to our Airbnb in Trastevere and, and get us there. And somehow I ended up puking in the sink of our Airbnb. Not in the toilet, not in the bathtub, which I've been known to do, but in the sink. Anyway, that's not there. I, just, right, I your what's your what's your number three moment? July eighteenth. Yes, shortly after that first match against Houston. 
Why am I mentioning this date? Because we destroyed the galaxy 6-2 to two in an epic match. We put what I like to call the shebang bang on our foes down the street on the 110. We absolutely gave them a smacketh down. What, what did it give them? A little bit of what now? A little bit of a... The shebang bang. No, no, no. What's, what's the other one? A little bit of how's your... A little uh, bit of the, uh, the how's your father. There you yeah, go. we definitely gave them a bit of that. Four goals by Diego Rossi, 13th player in Major League Soccer history to have a four-goal game. And Bradley Wright Phillips said, what up, y'all? I'm still here. I'm back. Sporting 66. That's my number, but reversed. Coming through, scoring his 110th goal of his MLS career. And once again, putting the shebang-bang on the evil, bitter, nasty rivals down the 110-62. That was my moment there. All right, so my number three moment was shared with Gaston, was shared with Lalo, and my my new BFF, Caesar. It was simply being able to travel with the black and gold faithful down to Leon and see Leon play LAFC and Estadio Leon. It was such an incredible experience. We were all there. Shout out to my buddy Josh Spice. He wasn't too far away. Our drummers in that match. We had to find plastic cups. I was right there, by the way, with the first lady of the 3252, the bringer of the Thunder. Cassie was there. We were finding plastic cups for them. We were finding anything that you could beat on. An incredible job by the 3252 and by our our drums there for that match. And they didn't bring around water or cerveza or anything else that we could have drank. They definitely tried to drown us out by by not giving us anything to drink. I will say, I I mean this with the utmost respect for all the black and gold faithful that traveled to that match, but you know what I mean when I say this. This was the first time where I felt like we lost in the stands. The Club Leon supporters were unbelievable with some of their chants. I mean, they had a wall of like, what, eight or 9,000 there in Estadio Leon. But again, it was the overall atmosphere and the incredible fans of Leon. We traded scarves afterwards. We took pictures. It was a really cool couple of days that I got to spend in Leon. And that is easily my number three moment of 2020. We talked about this on our previous podcast, previewing the, the Champions League versus Cruz Azul, Club America, Tigres. Being that you had such a great time down there yes. and had a great experience trading scarves and things of that nature, I'm really surprised you didn't pick up Leon as a club that you would look at to follow throughout the course of the Apertura. Look, I, I followed them because uh, you know we, we got to know Angel Mania and, and a couple of the other players that were on there. But I have to be honest, Philly, I only have enough attention span and bandwidth to pay attention to the black and gold and, and in a couple of years, Angel City FC. But that being said, I, I, I look, I, I'm just, I'm not a Liga Amekis guy before I am an I'm LAFC. I'm starting to turn into one. Well, oh, but, no, but, not but before, before I'm an LAFC no. guy. And, and my thing is this, I, I have to have some sort of familial relational attachment. Look, Nina... They're, her family is from Morelia, so I started to you know kind of watch Morelia a little bit. That's where I believe Raul Rui Diaz played, by the way, before he played for Seattle Sounders. So I've tried to watch Morelia a little bit. Obviously, Club Leon, yeah, 
uh, yes, Club Leon, Cruz Azul, Club America, they'll they'll always have a soft spot in my heart because I don't know, we beat you guys. But you know, for me, Tigres will be the team I'll always respect, but more importantly, Gignac. He'll he'll be a player that I'll always respect. But look, if I've got the bandwidth that I've got and the ADHD that you and I both know that we both have, uh, I'm going to stick to the black and gold. Nobody questioned that. No doubt. I'm just saying that Liga Emekis is a fun league to to be a spectator of. No, absolutely. And I can't wait till we get to be a... We wanted to go to Estadio Azteca to be a spectator against Cruz Azul, against Club America. We would have gone to wherever Tigres would have played. I mean, come on. I mean, I want to go anyway just to experience that. Whether we go down to Tijuana and watch Cholos play, I, I would definitely do that. want to experience the joy of what Liga Emekis is. And Philly, it was on our list, 100 clubs in 2020. Oh, for sure. It would have definitely it occurred. I, I have... Such a desire to witness these Liga Amekis teams play because the apertura on the clausura, they're, they're, it's they're short seasons. I mean, seventeen games. Every team plays each other once. It's such exciting football. It's I also where MLS got their thirty-four game idea. By the way, seventeen games and seventeen games. Thank yeah, you, no, doubt, no doubt. So Philly, number two on your list for twenty twenty. September. I, now, by, 20, by the way, you eh? said you were doing this in no particular order, so I don't mean to pigeonhole you into this being your number two moment. But this is at least the the fourth of five moments that you're talking. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess I'm thinking about them in chronological order based on the time when they've occurred, not necessarily I like which it. one I like ranked it. top. I but like I will it. bring up September twenty third, twenty twenty, and the reason I bring that match up, we played the Vancouver Whitecaps. In that endeavor. Why does that game mean anything to me? I mean, other than the fact that we did put the shebang bang on them, 6 nothing, We did. Setting a record for the most goals set by a club in the first half. I think we scored, what, like thir- five goals in 35 minutes? We actually just scored again about six minutes ago. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it was record pace in that match. But what meant so much to me was... You and I were members of the media. We were credentialed. We were fortunate enough to sit up in the Sunset Club up there, not too far from where the bar was, maybe three or four suites in, and we were able to witness the game. As eerie as it was to be at Bank of California Stadium, to see nobody there, nobody. and to hear the piped-in sound was weird. But once again... The things that we take for granted, we certainly appreciated on that day. The fact that we were able to walk into Bank of California Stadium to watch our team play, and not only play, but set records in terms of shebang-banging opponents. We were there for that Vancouver Whitecaps game, 6 to nothing. Dayan Yakovich scored a goal. That's pretty darn cool. That would be my number two. Can I tell you what I love about the man sitting about six feet socially distant away from me is that we're about to talk about our eighth moments on the podcast of our favorite moments of 2020. So we had four from him and now four from me and even a couple of honorable mentions from me. And we have come up with, without checking our lists with each other, we have come up with 10 different moments at least so far that we have talked about. And Philly, I have to be honest, I feel terrible for not including that particular moment. because I'm here to pick up the scraps and you're here to obviously no, but, keep me but, on the rails. But here, no, that's not happening tonight. But Philly, <laughs> that was our first time back at Bank of yep. California Stadium since the Philly match. I got the press pass sticker right here on my desk. And I've got it saved in, in my room as well. And here's the thing. Philly, remember, I took that video at 6 p.m. of a completely, completely 
deserted Bank of California Stadium. At 6 p.m. for a 7.30 kick, normally the 3252 would be at least half full. The drummers would have already started. The chants would have already started. Everything would have been at least game ready. And Philly, what did we hear? We heard the birds chirping in the loft up in the roof at Bank of California Stadium. Easily my most surreal 2020 black and gold moment of the year. I I will agree with that. My number two moment, Philly, of 2020, to me, it was October 18th at my favorite away day other than Leon that I've ever had. It was against Portland at Providence Park, our second match in like five days at Providence Park because (laughs) we also, for some reason, played Vancouver at a home match for Vancouver at Providence Park just a few days earlier. But Philly, why would my number two moment be a 1-1 draw against Portland in Portland? It was because... In the third minute of stoppage time, after Portland had been leading for about 20, 25 minutes or so and had really played better than us for most of the match, the tandem that we knew, Philly, if you go back and listen to our January, February, March episodes, the tandem we knew that would come up with an improbable (laughs) game-tying goal would have been Quadwo Mahala Opoku <laughs> to 16-year-old Christian Torres for his first goal of his career, opening not just his LAFC bank account, but the Academy's LAFC bank account. We were the only people, Philly, that probably were going more nuts than Christian Torres as we watched that game. If you watch the face of Christian Torres, if you watch his reaction, and it was a sick little step-over move by Quadwo Poku to get that ball to Christian Torres, who took zero seconds to think about, should I shoot it? Should I pass it? Which I Nope. One timer off the left foot of baby God, Christian Torres. <laughs> His reaction, Philly, was so full of youthful hope and energy and enthusiasm. You and I both had a little mini tear in our eyes yeah. to watch Christian Torres score a goal. And not just any goal. But in the 93rd minute of the match against Portland, a team that you and I both don't like, but still really don't consider our rivals, but a team that we both don't like. I mean, how amazing was that to see Christian Torres come up with the equalizer? That was my number two moment of this season in 2020. I mean, you brought up something that if I would have had the ability to have an honorable mention... Yes. Oh, wait, I'm going to create that honorable mention right now. It's it's our podcast, my friend. You do what you do. We were so fortunate yet again. I'm looking at all the stickers, our, our media credentials. I've got one, two, three, four. We had we, we, seven games. Ooh, we, we were able to witness as members of the media. And this is obviously as a result of us running a podcast. We're, we're not employed. And by the way, Philly, yes. thank you to Seth and Aubrey. 100%. It couldn't have happened without them. But also, Scarf. It couldn't have happened without us putting in all the work that we've been putting in the past true. couple of years. So I, I, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm happy that we get to be considered this. But we were fortunate enough to watch these boys in close to the public, open to media matches. <laughs> we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. We mistook 
Quadwo Opoku for Quadwo Poku, who was a member of NYCFC. But we we saw this young man before anybody else did from our black and gold family. And we got to see the young bucks do their thing repeatedly. We were, yeah, it definitely brings a tear to the eye because we, we got to see it unfold. We knew what we were seeing was going to be something beautiful back in February. And poof, here we are. Months later, getting to see this. But anyway, that's my, my honorable mention. All right. My so final your one. Number, your, your, your final one or your number one, what do you got, Philly? December 19th, CONCACAF Champions League. The 3-1 to one victory versus Club America. And I'll tell you why that is my number one. And if we have to order things around, it'll still remain my number one. <laughs> and the reason being is because at that moment in time, We were all injected with a great deal of excitement, jubilation, and more importantly, hope. And that hope came from the fact that LAFC, and and, and, and think of it as like a representation of life, like a Rocky kind of an underdog story. We go down 1-0, losing that first goal to a set-piece defensive lapse of judgment. And then to have calls go against us, to have our best midfielder, and the best midfielder more than likely in this freaking league, Edward Atuesta, get a ridiculous red card on some horrific acting by Memo Ochoa. Boo! Only to come into the second half to see Carlos Vela score not once, but twice immediately. And then for the star man, the man whose birthday it is today, Latif Blessing, to punch in the exclamation point. That was amazing. We beat the biggest club and the most successful club, not only in Liga Imekis, but more importantly, on the CONCACAF Champions League, which was the same stage that we were sharing with them. And that gave us some hope. That gave us excitement. And that gave us something to look forward to. In a year that we've dealt with that's caused us chaos physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. LAFC, despite the horrid MLS campaign that they had, and we have our high expectations, that's why we call it horrid, they did make it to the playoffs three years in a row, which some teams would call that a success. But to have that hope, to have that excitement, to have something to look forward to, to have that camaraderie, to be able to socialize with a lot of you, it, it brought back the joy and the beauty that we were missing with our black and gold club. So that is why that is my number one moment. All right. Full disclosure. The only thing that matched up on our two lists. Oh, all right. Was I have it as the second half of the Club America game. Because, I mean, everything you just said, Philly. But to watch, I, I'm going to say this, and I know we're a family-friendly podcast, so I apologize for this. Schmitty's in the room. But to Schmitty, watch, earmuffs. To watch the Three Nuts version of Carlos Vela. <laughs> to watch the, the Zlatan is on the other end of the pitch version of Carlos Vela. To watch the, oh, I'm playing against a Liga Emeki's opponent. And everybody that is Liga Emeki's fans, they're watching this match. And, and I need right. to remind them, I'm Carlos Bleepity Bleep Vela. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the guy that led the, what was it, 2010? What was the year that he led like the under whatever was World Cup team for L3 to, to their oh, it was World... even earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, it was I mean, like... He was, it was, he was in Europe in 2010, it, I believe. Yeah, he was, he was a youngster, whatever it was. He just reminded everybody in Liga Emeki's 
here's why I'm Carlos Vela and you're not with those two goals. I mean, big boy pants is what Carlos Vela was wearing those entire second, that entire second half. That is what we absolutely agree on as our number one. But Philly, you know what I thought about? I thought that, you know, my, my guy here six feet away, socially distant. Yeah, like like maybe five points three hey, five. Hey, we have to we have to tell everybody we're being six feet for the FCC. We don't want the millions and millions to complain that we are not being better. socially distant. But Philly, I I did put a one A just in case, and and I have to admit, this was the moment for me that became the moment as 2020 kept going on and on and on and on and on. And and for me, it's hard to talk about because you and I knew some things that were going on behind the scenes as the season was, was getting ready to start that unfortunately this moment did not allow to happen. But my number one moment, what became my number one moment as I reflected on 2020 and everything that was black and gold for me, it became pretty clear what my number one moment would be. And it was a moment that happened back in January, January 15th, when Bank of California Stadium and Body Armor put on an event hosted by Kobe Bryant. Mm. January 15th, that just 11 days later, January 26th, for this Angelino, born and raised, when Kobe was drafted when I was 13 years old and became a member of the fabric of not just the Lakers, not just Los Angeles, but he became a fabric of my life. Like so few people have been able to do that aren't blood related to me, the scarf. Vin Scully and Kobe Bryant are those two that I can think of that are part of my DNA as an Angelino. I love Shaq. I love Magic. I love a lot of the Dodgers out there, even though I'm a born and raised Mets fan. But there's just something different about Kobe being Bryant. And when I saw him on LAFC's Instagram, and you and I have both had the extreme pleasure of getting to know the CEO of Body Armor, and getting to know a lot of people involved at LAFC that we were really hoping that a couple of other things after the Body Armor event would really lead to some cool stuff at LAFC between Kobe Bryant and Body Armor and LAFC. To me, one of the lasting and last images, that's the crazy part, it's one of the last public images of Kobe Bryant. My number one moment of the year became my number one moment of the year unfortunately, not just because of what happened 11 days later on January 26th, the unfortunate passing of Kobe and everybody else in that helicopter crash. But it was seeing Kobe at Bank of California Stadium. And you and I both have talked about it on this podcast, Philly, how big of a a fan of the world's game, of the beautiful game that Kobe Bryant was. The man spoke beautiful Italian and talked about Serie A teams. Loved AC Milan. The, the man spoke beautiful English and talked about not just MLS, but the world's game. And to see him at Bank of California Stadium with kids at this thing for body armor, 
And unfortunately, what happened just 11 days later to me, Philly, that is what became my number one moment because I was able to put in the same vision Bank of California Stadium, the Cathedral of the Black and Gold, LAFC, the the newest but yet most heartfelt and closest to my heart club for the city that I love and I've grown up in and I'm born and raised in. And I was able to now associate that with the myth, the the legendary personality, the 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 fabric of me growing up at 13 years old. Until he dropped the microphone and said Mamba out when he retired. But to now have that image also be related to the black and gold, to LAFC, to Bank of California Stadium, or whatever the hell they decide to call what they've renamed that stadium on Kobe Bryant Boulevard now. To me, Philly, that's my number one moment. And if you would have asked me on January 15th if that would have been my number one moment, Not even close. But as I reflect back on 2020, while you and I have the exact same LAFC moment, that to me, to this born and raised Angelino, that's my number one moment of the season. Well, I don't know about y'all out there. I've got nothing clever or witty to say (laughs) about that. I, I, that, Hearing that definitely sobered uh, me up and 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 kind of depressed me at the same uh, time. It was a beautiful it. scarf. scarf. That was, was not beautiful. my. That was not my intention. I mean, this might be that moment where if you're sitting at home, you might need to crack open a bottle of something and drink. Because now I'm depressed. Uh, scarf. It was beautiful. Damn it. Very well put. Very beautiful. But, dude, dude, <laughs> help pull us all out of the cellar at this all point. Right. I'm depressed. All right. I'm sure so, the millions and millions have tears running down their eyes right now. Scarf, you need to save this moment right now. All right, so what we're going to do next and how we decided we were going to end the podcast, short episode, only an hour and five minutes. But don't worry. I laughed when we were talking about this on the couch. Yeah, it's going to be a 30-minute episode. I'm uh, like, this is going to be the longest episode of the season, knowing us. But we're not. we have no schedule, nothing planned, we're going to be ranting and raving like the lunatics that we are and as we normally do. But. guys with microphones. What's going to happen? But let me tell you, let me tell you, the the one thing that we're not going to do is edit this episode. We're just going to I'm not editing a damn thing. We're we're, (laughs) going to let it roll. All right. So let me give you, look, I I have a feeling, look, I I love millions (laughs) and millions out there that listen to Defenders of the Bank. And I know that you love me. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert. But I, I have to say, if you ask me, I think the fan favorite segment of our first three years of doing a podcast has to be rants with Philly. Oh God, why? And because I, Philly, look, you. There's pause for a second. All right, so because I have the bladder of a baby panda bear, we had to stop recording for just a second because I had to pee so bad. And if you're wondering, there might be one or two or three stops because yes, Scarf does have the bladder of a baby panda bear. Very tiny. In fact, his bladder might be the size of I don't know a pencil eraser. Can I, He's whoa, been peeing like crazy. Hold on, not like on anything. Just in, anyways, he's not peeing in Philly Monster but, Studios. But Philly, the crazy thing is, you know the one time or the several times where I really didn't have to pee after I drank a whole lot. You know the one time it was. It was in Carson. Every time you and I would go to see the LAFC 
Carson matches, and we would see that beautiful woman who would just pass out champagne from whatever. Surprised you didn't we're pass in. out from that champagne. I'm not gonna lie, I I would drink a lot of champagne, and I wouldn't have to pee. So apparently, I just need to survive on champagne. You'd swear he was a dude hanging out in the Sahara, going for days without water, the way he was drinking champagne. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I don't drink as much water throughout the course of a day as he downed in champagne. You're welcome. So. I what I was saying before, by the way, before I got so rudely interrupted by my <laughs> tiny baby panda bladder, was that I have a feeling, Philly, if you asked, if we put up a poll, giggity, and and asked everybody to vote on our favorite segment scheduling with no this day in LAFC history is no, be the I'm, number one. I'm telling you, Philly, it would probably be rants with Philly. Oh. So so you're gonna finish off on your thoughts on 2020, but I would like to give my thoughts real quick. On the year that was 2020 that I hope to never, ever, ever experience anything like in my life. And and that's, I have two thoughts. Number one. Number one is that to me, for me, 2020 was the most difficult 365 days of my life. And for several reasons. Number one, okay, coronavirus, duh, right? There are many of you out there that have lost your jobs, that have lost your homes, that have lost your your steady source of income, your livelihood, relationships. And some of you, we all felt like we were going to lose our sanity. And I can't begin to describe how difficult 2020 has been for me because of coronavirus. But I can't imagine, I still, I'll be totally honest, I still have a job. I'm a teacher. I teach math and Latin to middle schoolers in Culver City, California. And while teaching on Zoom is soul-sucking, life-drenching, world-altering, difficult and terrible and awful, I am lucky enough to teach wonderful kids who still kind of sort of want to learn in between YouTube videos and Fortnite and whatever <laughs> else it is that among us and all the other cool stuff that they do. I have kids that, that kind of want to learn, which is different than so many teachers out there. I'm not teaching kindergarten, first grade, second grade, which must be a whole level of Dante's Inferno of hell below <laughs> mine because I can't imagine what all of you are feeling out there that don't have an OnlyFans page to also sustain your income <laughs> while you teach kindergarten, first grade, second grade, whatever it is. But it's our last episode of 2020. We're just going to let it all hang out. If you know, you know. <sighs> I, I can't imagine all of you that are on the front line. Philly and I are incredibly lucky enough to be able to obviously know Amanda. Philly knows her more biblically than I do, but to be able to to see her journey as a first responder as a as a nurse at Cedar Sinai and everything that that she's had to go through my mom a nurse who lost her job because of all of this because she was working at one of those managed care facilities where coronavirus literally was coming out of the walls with 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 people testing positive at sites where my mom worked and my mom is 78 years old and she doesn't need to be anywhere near any of that stuff. Our frontline workers, those most difficult of jobs, the most underappreciated of people, at least for 2020, came to the forefront. And we now 
as much as we should thank every troop, every soldier, every person who goes to war for this country. In other places, we need to understand that for the entire 2020 and for the entirety of their profession, there are nurses and doctors and PAs and everybody else who is going to war for this country in our country trying to stop coronavirus. It's one of the very few things that I kind of agreed with President Trump about when he said he's a wartime president. This became a war, not because of anything he did to stop it, in my opinion, but because of what happened because of it. And so to all the first responders out there, to all the teachers, to all everybody who is looking to make ends meet, I also run after-school child care for people that have to drop their kids off somewhere because they still have to go to work. For so many of you out there that lost your jobs, that lost your livelihoods, we've seen more GoFundMes from people passing from COVID that lost their lives to this terrible thing. The only thing that I felt like I was losing throughout much of 2020 was my sanity, was my my ability to be myself in a world that was wrapped up in COVID. And so for all of you out there that feel like you were going through that Please know that I was and am going through that with you. But the last thing that I have to say on episode 135, the last episode of 2020, and this is the scarf talking here, is that if not for the man sitting six feet to my left at world famous Philomonster Studios, there would have been not just a light at the end of the tunnel. I would have felt like it was an oncoming train ready to take me out. But this podcast, however many episodes we put out through 2020, and it seems like even though we're on episode 135, it seems like that's how many episodes we put out in 2020 sometimes. (laughs) Without the person sitting to my left, I don't know that I would have much of me left as we sit here, now it's it's twelve fourteen on December thirty first. Hey, happy New Year! Happy New Year's Eve. Eve. Yes, I don't know that I would have been able to get through twenty twenty without not just obviously the beast from the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon, sitting six feet away from me in beautiful Burbank, California, at world famous Philemon Studios, but the Angel City Chicks, Panda and Nina, and. I mean this wholeheartedly when I say this to all of you out there, to the millions. And millions. Of the Defenders of the Bank, faithful listeners who have supported us throughout this endeavor. From when we were talking about EMLS with our boy Remy Martin and Alex Sale, to when we were talking about literally nothing at all, because we just wanted to try and help deliver content in the bleak black hole that was parts of 2020. As much as we were trying to deliver content for you, I want all of you out there to know that you all, just by your support or your banter back and forth and all of the crap that you gave me about literally driving and sometimes being the only person on the Brian Rodriguez bandwagon <laughs> that doesn't have an OnlyFans account. <laughs> and and I get it. Notice how none of my five or eight or however many <laughs> damn mentions we had in our top five or 10 or 12 
None of them included Brian Rodriguez for either one of us. <laughs> so I consider this my white flag. I have jumped <laughs> off of the bandwagon that is the Brian Rodriguez train wreck. I just couldn't do it. And I'm I'm not vulnerable ever, and I feel like I am I have been nothing but vulnerable in 2020. So I just I couldn't do it without you, the Defenders Faithful. But more than anything else, I want you all to know that as much as I'm scared poopless that he's also starting a, a thing with Ontario Fury and that mm. he's he's trying to sell his house and move to Abu Dhabi like normal or whatever the hell that he's doing out here, <laughs> there is no steadying force in my life that has been anything like the, I don't know, 137 episodes that we did this year of Defenders of the Bank and the man sitting to my left, Christian Philly Philemon. I I couldn't have done it without my partner in pod and the only person I share a bank account with. So that's that's all you're going to get from Scarf here in 2020. And I just want the last two words other than bye-bye. That you hear from me, which probably is a lie because we're going to talk some more. Because I mean, we haven't done a damn thing we said we we're going to do on this podcast so far. We don't. We don't have a wait what moment. So if you're waiting for it, what? So that's that's all I that's all I got for you. But I just I, I couldn't do it without this guy to the left of me. So uh, for everybody out there at LAFC, and by the way, congratulations to Lauren on her engagement. Lauren Terry, we love you so much, and Alex, and and you guys, congratulations. And to Larry, who we love, and Jesus, to to Al, who we're going to miss, and Ugh. and to yeah. so many people that we're going to come back to Bank of California State and we might not see. I mean, I, I don't know what to do about some of these things that I've heard and, and things that will go on, but the black and gold community has pulled me through more than you'll ever know. I don't. I don't even know how to how to speak after he- hearing that. I I've got tears, semi-teary in the eye, and that's because I'm an emotional kind of guy. I, I I exude a lot of emotion, and and when I actually hear it being not necessarily reciprocated, but coming back towards my way, it's wow. Like I mean, Scarf, I love you, buddy. I I don't have family here. I mean, other than. Amanda, who's I'm married to, Schmitty, who is my cat, and Chad, who I went to college with. Like you and Nina and your families are the that's my family here. And and being able to spend any time with you, yes, it, it has been a joy. Twenty twenty I mean, it's Jesus Christ, it's just this podcast has been a savior for, for the two of us. without a doubt. I mean, I don't know what the heck I would have done either without this podcast. And yes, I was very annoying about wanting to do things. I was probably even more annoying with all the stupid things I was posting on Instagram. But a lot of it was not only to give y'all content, but to keep us sane as well. Because 2020 was an insane world. I am not going to write this year off and say it was. it is the worst thing that could have possibly happened. I've said it on numerous podcasts is when, from a sporting perspective. There is no losing, there is only learning. I learned a lot this year. Hopefully y'all did too. I learned what really matters in life. Relationships, family, friends. Scarf said what he said. I, I love the guy to death. I, there's nobody I'd rather spend any more time with, 
period, than, than this man right here. Yes, we share a bank account. Do I find that odd that him and Nina don't even share a bank account? No, I love Scarf. We are together. We are heterosexual life mates from now till death do us part. The death part, though. <laughs> COVID. Ugh. It's a scary, scary thing. Too many people lost their lives needlessly. Too many people continue to wave the, the ignorant and the idiot banner about their thoughts on this. I lost a fraternity brother this past Thanksgiving. I, I don't talk to my college buddies all that much. We do get together when, when, when time allows. We do get to speak when Indiana's playing football or basketball. We go to each other's weddings, but it was far too soon to have a conversation about one of our brothers dying. 38 years old, Chris Peterson passed away as a result of COVID. Why? Because, well, he... He didn't want to go to the emergency room because he didn't have health insurance. And he was afraid that he would be bilked and financially ruined as a result of an emergency that he thought he could have overcome. Sadly, he didn't. What guts me even more is the fact that he passed away on a couch all alone because of fear of not being able to cover his medical bills. That is a sad, sad reality. We live in the greatest country in the world, blah, blah, blah. No, not when things of that nature happen. Not going on any kind of political tirades or anything of that nature. But what I'm getting back at is the fact that family, relationships, those are things that I have learned to really appreciate and and grasp onto. Zoom sucks. I don't want to see Zoom ever again when all is said and done. I don't even want to hear about, I don't even want to hear about, what's the other thing we were using? Skype. God, I can't believe I forgot Skype. We started getting used to Zoom. We were called dinosaurs because we use Skype. Well, we're analog people living in a digital world. But relationships, love, appreciate everybody around you that means something to you. Your friends, your family, your loved ones. Even the people that had an impact in your life that you no longer talk to, exes, whatever the case may be, mend those bridges. If somebody made an impact in your life, maybe maybe say thank you. I'm, and, not, I'm not sure Nina would love that advice. Well, no, but what I'm saying, well, yeah, fine. But what I'm lo- getting I love at you, is, brother. What I'm getting, <laughs> no doubt. What I'm getting at is the fact is like, you got to appreciate your relationships and you got to tell the people in your life that you love them regardless. Why? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And there's still so much uncertainty out there. That is one thing I've learned. Number two, Something that I've learned that hopefully a lot of you have learned as well is we are a lot more resilient and a lot tougher than we really thought. Have we had breakdowns? Absolutely. Have I had breakdowns? Oh my God, probably a third of the year. Absolutely. But we, we, we overcome things and we, we stay on the track and, we, and, we, and we're resilient. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger and we learn from our mistakes. There's no losing in anything in life, Defenders. There's only learning. So that is another thing that I came across throughout this environment is the fact that you got to love your, maintain your relationships, maintain resiliency. You're a lot stronger than you think. Another thing I learned, I know now even more so it's crystal clear what I love in life, what I want out of life and what I don't want out of life. I no longer want to waste my time doing things that I don't like doing. My focus from now for the rest of my life is to make myself a better human being and to accomplish the goals that I have. And I'm not going to dictate them to you because the list is long. However, it 
gave me crystal clear clarity this year, what I want to do, how I want to accomplish it, and the fact that that I will. Because that's it. I'm 40. I don't know if I've lived half my life, but I'm tired of not living the life that I want to live. That's another thing 2020 taught me. I've had great experiences. Panda and I were fortunate enough to go to Italy. Scarf and I were fortunate enough to step foot in the Bank of California Stadium. As sports fans, we were able to enjoy the Lakers winning the NBA championship. In a year where Kobe passed, we were able to witness and appreciate that. The Dodgers ending a drought. LAFC nearly doing something historical in, in terms of the CONCACAF Champions League. For those who feel that sports doesn't matter and that sports is irrelevant to life and to society... As Bob said to Sebastian Salazar, (laughs) who I still hate, by the way, get lost. Sports is an integral piece of society. Why? Not because we're watching a bunch of dudes kick the ball around. Why are you cheering for this team so much? You're, You're not a part of the team. Why do you say we? It's not we. It's them. You're not playing. I hate hearing that crap from ignorant, stupid people. Because this is, this is why I love rants with Philly. Huh. This part well, I didn't it. think I would rant. But here's the deal. Sports brings us together as a city, as a culture, as a community, whatever the case may be. Y'all are listening to us right now. We would never know each other if it wasn't for Los Angeles Football Club. We would never know each other if it wasn't for sports. We would never find commonalities and find so many meaningful relationships and have so many unbelievable memories on Christmas tree lane at the stadium. We talked about our top five favorite moments. I'm sure you guys have theirs, yours. Sports is a beautiful thing because we rally around something that we have in common. We get to spend time with our loved ones. Hopefully going forward, we'll get to spend more time with our loved ones, but we get to rally around. It's a social thing and it's an important thing. And if COVID has taught us anything is that We're social creatures. I need to be around people. Scarf needs to be around people. We all need to be around people. And if you like being by yourself in a cabin in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, always. That's okay. That's okay. But I probably don't want to hang out with you because I don't know what the hell you're They don't want to hang out with you. You You're not not invited to their cabin in the woods. No, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you want to hang out? Great movie, by the way, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's, we were referencing a lot of movies today. It was Wayne's World. It was the zombie movie. It was Cabin in the Woods. What, Men in Black? Men in Black. Wow. Yeah, dude, maybe that's our next endeavor. I think you mentioned Sweeney Todd. Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Hey, you know, Siskel and, Siskel and Roper or Siskel and Ebert, <laughs> Billy and the Scarf. Siskel hey, we and found, Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we might have found our new calling. But yeah, sports is extremely important in society and in life. And it, is it a distraction? Yes. Yes, yeah, so What? But it still allows us to get together with our loved ones and to rally and to cheer and to cry and to have something to, to look out for, something to have on the schedule, something that I just love sports. I could <clears throat> go on and on about sports. But these are some of the things I've learned. You don't lose, you learn, okay? Our lives keep going until we're either in, in some black box uh, on somebody's desk or in a box six feet underground. Take this time, evaluate your lives, <laughs> think about what you want to do, and go out there and do it. 2020 has taught us that there's no better time to do things than now, and mark my words, we are on the precipice of the greatest creative renaissance that we have ever had in history. I hope Why? So. Because creative minds are incubating doing things. 
People like us are creating podcasts. Other people way smarter than either of us are creating apps or, 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 or different like business ideas. There are musicians putting together beautiful, beautiful works of art. ACDC came out with a rock, with a brand new rock album. Bruce Springsteen came out with an album. And I'm mentioning bands I, I, I like. I'm sure there's plenty of bands that I, I know out there that y'all like that I don't know of. But there's going to be a cre- great creative renaissance in music, in art, in business, and you name it. Why? Because we have the time to think about things. Why? Because it gets kind of stupid being in four walls, not doing anything else. Be creative. Figure out what to do. Enjoy your life. Figure out how you want to do it and live it. If you didn't learn that in this year, you missed out on the greatest opportunity to do something. But we're still quarantined. Even more so now. We're not in New Zealand where people are free. Maybe that's where we should move, Scarf. We could be defenders of some club in Auckland. I don't know. Defenders of the marsupials. <laughs> you used marsupial, cacophony, and what was the last one you just used that was pretty solid, too? Oh, I was just going to talk about it. Anyway, you used you used a lot of big words, which is, it, we're kind of flipping the script on a lot of people here. Last thing I want to say. Point is, live, love, learn, do. Done. There you go. It's like an Adam Sandler movie. Th- this is the last thing that I want to <laughs> say is that we're really excited, Philly, about a lot of things that we have planned for 2021. We're, Let's actually do them because we promised them a YouTube channel and we failed to deliver. No, wait, show. we have a YouTube channel. We just need subscribers. So if you, we need, also need content. We that's very true. If you would like to subscribe to the Defenders of the Bank YouTube channel, hit us up on Instagram, and we have to message you the link at this point because we don't have a lot on there. We actually don't have anything on there right now, but we have the channel already. I didn't even made. know we had the channel. Yeah, we have the channel made. That's what I did. Hey, all right, we all learned something together, Defenders. But. Uh, we are we are expanding the Defenders portfolio. We have a lot of fun things planned for you guys in 2021. Defenders IRL, Defenders in real life. We are also going to be expanding the cast here on Defenders of the Bank. We, we've got some really cool things coming down the pipe in terms of some Spanish-speaking interviews and, and really opening it up to a more international audience. And, and obviously, you've seen the really cool artwork that our buddy Dexter has done throughout the course of this year. And we really do appreciate everything that he has added to the podcast in 2020. Our man, Bruce behind the scenes, kind of pulling the strings. He is the Geppetto to our Pinocchio. And, and and honestly, like there's just been a lot that we've been working on Uh, our, our buddy, Bob, who does our pins for us and, and everybody who has helped to make 2020 as weirdly successful as a year that it's been for defenders of the bank. We can't wait to see what 2021 brings to all of us. And with that being said, Philly episode 135, as we near the 90 minute mark of what we said would be a short episode. We love you all so much out there in internet land and the World Wide webs defenders of the bank episode 135, the final episode of 2020, the final episode of season three and you know how we like to end all of our episodes bye bye